0: It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now your host, Mark Bishop. And
1: welcome to another Tucson means business, and by that we do mean business. The people we have on create business in our city, they create jobs in our city, and they make the wheels go round, and that's what it's all about. Proudly sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club, open to the public, and it's been here for a long time, but it's totally rejuvenated. And speaking of that club today, I'm fortunate enough to have uh, somebody fairly important from that club by the name of Casey Bolivchak, and he's the director of golf and sales. You know, really, he's in charge of the whole golf department. We're going to hear about the club from another aspect you haven't heard before. My other guest today is Jermaine Miller, and Jermaine is co-founder of Square One Intern. And it's something new into town that's going to be exciting and helping people so welcome to jermaine you firstly oh, thanks so much and casey hi welcome hey all right I'm glad to be here jermaine miller ceo co-founder of square one intern you would think the name sort of tells you what it is <laughs> uh it's new and it's exciting for tucson you transplanted here though from new jersey via the u.s air force and you've been here now for what six years yep Yep, just over six years. Yeah, so you must have liked the weather or
2: something. Oh yeah, the people number one. Uh-huh. The weather's cool. I like the I actually preferred changing seasons. So yeah. I like I like snow. I like the changing leaves. I like clouds sometimes. I love rain. That that's <laughs> rare here, but yeah, right. yeah.
1: yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> well, you're a former uh, intelligence analyst for combat search and rescue, and you learned that there were three essentials necessary for any mission to be successful one a clear vision for the results desired two a detailed plan to achieve those results and number 3 a well run organization where everyone understands their roles and responsibilities for achieving those results via the plan now you know, that can be military, but it's very much business, isn't it? So Absolutely. tell me a little bit more about that role, Jumann, if you wouldn't mind.
2: Oh, it's great. So uh, when I, uh, it was about six months before I left the Air Force, I knew I was gonna be getting out, so, um, and I've always been an entrepreneur, started my first business when I was 15, selling juice. So I know that that's what I always wanted to do. <laughs> juice, uh, is that what left. they're calling so, it these days? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're on the radio, right, so let me know. Okay, uh, so. that's
1: all right. right this is me. only going all over the world. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we're telling them how with it, Tucson is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so I knew I was always going to start a business, um, jumped out the gate, I met Les Pocock, she's the CEO of Startup Tucson, so that was the first, my first entrance into the um, like startup business community. And uh, I just started networking from there, meeting as many people as possible, going to as many um, networking events, and I met the full spectrum from successful people who have sold their businesses to new people with ideas, and the one thing I realized is that everybody does things, but no one does th- anything in a particular order. They just do it.
1: So your military background—I mean, this stood out to you like beacon lighting in the dark night, sort of thing. Right. So you thought, well, if I can put what I know, and 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 they've got what they've got, or got where they've got that I perhaps can do well too. Mm-hmm. So I'm Absolutely. gathering that your training yeah. in the Air Force was super, super. So you interviewed something like 200 organization heads and
2: managers. Yeah. That's a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, some on my podcast, some just sitting down with coffee saying, hey, you know, I got this plan, this idea, what do you think? And the, I mean, I've met over 1,200 people. Right. Um, these are just the ones who are experts, who had successful businesses, or who were helping, so mm-hmm. then I went to, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is That's that okay. local? Or- all local, All yeah local. Tucson, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep, well
3: Where
2: Tucson in yeah. Phoenix. Okay, and, and right. some people.
1: Okay, so the revenue, folks, development system. So that's how Square One, in turn, is born. Correct. Alrighty, uh, we're going to come back and talk about that. You have a passion for training youth, and this is really what's led you into running a, a nonprofit. Yes, that trains uh, at-risk youth in entrepreneurship to help them lift themselves out of the cycle of poverty that they were born into very nice of you yeah someone's got to care about them right absolutely well the same business organization system is employed with the youth and their ability to understand the system equals that of any business owner he's worked with we're going to go in more depth a little bit about that when we come back to you okay because uh, I'm very interested to find out how the kids accepted all of that (laughs) to be honest with you on my right is Casey Bolivchak I never forget Casey Polivjac. I first spoke to the gentleman, oh, seven years ago it was. I was in Australia and I was moving back here with uh, my wife, who's from Tucson, and we wanted to join a golf club. And uh, you know, the first thing started with a phone call to the fellow and how nice he was back, and this and that. And then we eventually met, and I'm glad that we did. He's director of golf and sales, membership sales. In fact, everything that encounters in golf at the forty nine. At his golf and country club he was raised well in fact born and raised in tucson arizona and his wife of 13 and a half years the lovely amber they've settled in the area he grew up in amber's a hard-working homeschooling mother but she's a part-time teacher too for the vale school district and his daughter's uh, case i think lucy's nine now nine uh, holy one and uh, son, uh, Bodie, he's six, yes? Yes. And it goes without saying that <laughs> they're the highlight of Casey's lives. Would right. I be wrong in that? No, that's it. He nailed it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you're the director of golf and sales. Yes. At the 49er Country right. Club in the Northeast Tucson. Here yeah. in Arizona, wherever you may be listening, anywhere around the world, or around America, if you haven't had a chance to get to Tucson, you've got to put it on your bucket list. And if you're a golfer... Hey, this is one course you've got to really look up. It's very unique. We have all sorts of people. I'll tell you about that later. Uh, it's in Northeast Tucson, and he was hired after new ownership purchased the course back in 2012. Uh, and he was hired to help in a major rebuilding and rebranding of the project because it had its history and using his 20 years uh of the industry experience and local contact network the 49er is on its way back to being one of tucson's favorites and thanks to casey it's helping so do you believe in the beginning casey that it could come back from where it was as a as a course then to where it is now do you believe that could
0: have happened then did you see that to be completely honest no um you know i knew we had something special to work with but I don't think we really had a, a true vision of what we wanted it to be in the end. And the cool thing about that is that it's still evolving to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, the the new owner that bought it seven years ago, I didn't know him, didn't know his background, really what his desire and his commitment to the property was, you know. We didn't know if he was going to flip it or mm-hmm. what was going on, but it, it was a good opportunity for me at the time, either way, mm-hmm. the situation I was in. But um, where we are from seven years ago is I, I probably I, no, this, this the answer simple answer is no, I, I didn't think we would be where we are. Well, it's
1: good you stuck it out. You have the hospital to do it. I mean, I'm not going to mention names, but I should tell our listeners that the long story to this thing is there was a particular fellow who owned that club and he owned a couple of other golf courses in this town. And he really treated the members like absolute crap. And add to that, he, um, he just took a lot of money on the pretense of lifetime memberships and then took off. Cutting a long story short, that's all very well. But then if you go and sell all your water wells as well, back to the council, you're in a situation, where you have a lovely golf course, let it go down and down and out, and then it's got no water. So along comes this fellow. Does he know what he's getting into? And he moved to Tucson, wanted to create jobs, wanted to bring this baby back to, uh, you know, because the 49er Country Club, it is now an upscale, semi-private facility, and it was designed by William Francis Bell. It opened in 61, Casey. 61. And uh, though, you know, not as demanding as the many desert-style courses in the area. <laughs> people will tell you that the tree fairways and tightly guarded dog legs pose the same challenges it did almost 50 years ago. And this is when the club, now if this is for real, hosted PGA Tours, the Tucson Open, back in 1963-64. And, uh, well come on tell us a story about that have you heard any of the crazy stories then casey back in that time
0: you know golf was different then these guys were were showmen um in a different way you know they hung out with the crowd they smoked and drank with them after but the the one big story that sticks around from the pro era at 49er was uh, jack nicholas um took an 11 on hole number 11. this is 11 shots 11 shots and you know (laughs) Jack Nicholas is known to be a—he plays a fade. So for the non-golfer there, his shot goes left to right. He's a right-handed golfer who goes left to right. Well, most of the holes at 49er go right to left. Story goes that Nicholas takes an 11 on hole 11 and never played another competitive round of golf in Tucson. And that, I think, is true, that part of it, but— whether my, or not the, because I of the 11 above. he's designed you know some courses in tucson but if you've played la paloma country club difficult golf course i can right. see maybe he was a little bit mad at tucson still and took it out on and designed that golf course but is 11, kind 11. of a fun that, story
1: interesting there. interesting the
0: great jack nicholas so you can come out and play it gives our me course. hope <laughs> that's right you can come out and play our course anytime and you can say hey i beat nicholas nice speaking of the course casey tell us a little bit about it itself because it is unique it's unique um you know where it is it kind of gives its uniqueness being down along the tinkerberry wash in the tinkerberry valley um it's in this giant mesquite bosque is what they call it just a, a patch of mesquite trees okay um you know because the water table is real shallow there there is those those mature uh mesquite trees cottonwoods um well I saw some eucalyptus weeping too willow, that eucalyptus. that sort of surprised me how
1: do they get in here
0: they're an Australian yeah nature. those are a, they're <laughs> they're a dirty tree no offense um well they, they just they drop for the koalas everywhere. you know yeah, yeah. yeah they just they get real big and uh-huh. they, you know and weeping willows too they're weeping willows, there, weeping they, willows yeah. yeah so mm-hmm. so that's what's cool and it's obviously close to the mountains so um you know the Rincon Mountains right there the Catalina Mountains and then Reddington Pass you get a great view of those um, Marine Con actually means in the corner, so I always thought that was cool, because oh, right, you know, okay. we're in the corner of Tucson out there kind of neat little spot if you haven't well i mean there. There are beautiful
1: trees everywhere i mm-hmm. mean this is you know with some everybody thinks of the desert only that's all there is in tucson you know um we don't try and copy uh, phoenix in reference to grass everywhere because mm-hmm. a lot of people come for the east and want grass lawns and grass this, grass that we are the desert we have you know desert landscape and so on and a lot of the courses in the desert or in arizona southern arizona don't have trees so the one thing we do have is a lot of shade, Jermaine, mm. which which is very good there. I noticed. You know, it's beautiful. <laughs> and what about, what's well, it's 110-odd acres. What else can you tell us? That, you know, I don't know much about fairways themselves, mm-hmm. but what's the difference between Bermuda and, and the others?
0: Well, you know, Bermuda grass is uh, grass. There's science involved, obviously, you know, more than, than my knowledge. But it's, it is older, kind of a Bermuda grass-based fairways we oversee them in the wintertime. So you got great conditions from October through May into June and the summer can be, you know, a little bit rough here and there, but a lot of Tucson courses kind of battle that. What do you mean, rough? Well, you know. 110 or something. Because of the heat, yeah, it's just. But it's dry heat, right? Yeah, it's dry heat, it is. Mm -hmm. But so is sticking your head in an oven. (laughs) Um, I
2: like that. You can use that one, that's good.
0: (laughs) Um, So what you're telling
1: me is you've got to dress the course up twice. In a, in, in a whole year
0: no oh, essentially just once you know the the grass we plant in the wintertime on the fairways tee boxes and the greens you know is meant to be planted every year it, it will die off in the summertime or unless you'd like just continue to water it but so that's, that's the
1: first one that gets you through the winter
0: through the winter but yep. it dies yep. off in but, the summer yep and so your base is Bermuda Bermuda, okay bermuda grass is the yep. base all right and so that's an it's an older bermuda grass base the um the greens are like a push-up green is what they call them which means they've taken surrounding turf or sod and pushed them up they built them up so they're higher than the the fairways mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and those um are tiff tiff dwarf i think is what they uh, what they are Okay. as well so yeah
1: I, I was always wondering that bermuda does it mean it came from bermuda florida or is that
0: where it you know, you know? i don't know where bermuda grass actually got its name but hmm. um that's it's a good question yeah so for bermuda okay so do you know the story behind
1: all the trees there is it just they were there in 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 the basin below the below the mountains and somebody decided a long time ago to build a course there yeah pretty much well wow. pretty
0: much um you know the the story i've i've told people over the years about 49er and the property was it was developed by a family that owned a mining company out of Utah, Magma Corporation is what they were called. And they came, bought the, the property and developed the course. And that's where the name 49er came from, it was a minor 49er and then uh, a lot of the streets are named, you know, like gold dust and- That's right. Um, Yes, the whole thing. Yeah, right. so it's kind of a, a cool story. So that's how it comes about. See, I never knew that. You learn something, Jermaine, all the
1: time. Yeah. You know, that's pretty cool. Um, have you played golf, Jermaine? Have you? I
2: haven't. Actually, uh, interesting story. In high school, um, <laughs> I had a... Uh, a history teacher and me, and a friend of mine, as we started our business, and we we're like, you know, rich people play golf, so we should play golf, learn how to play golf. So he says, We'll, we'll, I'll teach you. So he brings in golf clubs and you know, he teaches us how to swing and how to hold it, but then his mom gets sick. So because he's a business owner, he doesn't have to teach. <laughs> so he just stopped teaching and he's like, Yeah, I gotta go take care of my mom. Sorry, guys. And that was my intro and exit. Uh, That's in, good of golf.
0: You look athletic. You should come yeah, here, man. Out. Yeah, yeah you you do. Do. Out. We got some good pros. You could, you know. All right. get a lesson and
2: like it, it's a good
0: mm-hmm. networking it's an incredible thing. game i mean you've got
1: to be a sadist in some ways but uh, <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful <laughs> game for discipline no seriously because yeah, yeah. we talk about youth with you mm. the, the non-profit uh, is called circle one tucson yes all right uh, signifying the 360 degrees of support each tucson youth is given Now, through networking with other entrepreneurs, uh, you met, uh, Jermaine, your co-founder, Mariana Eubanks. Yes. And three years ago, this was, and they stayed in contact. Both of you had a passion, apparently, for business and youth. And in February of 2019, she approached you with the idea of connecting students in the early stages of their education to businesses. I mean, what a concept they're interested in working with. Yep. Right. Yep. So because, you know, let's face it, we all had go to school, do your but now go to uni, you've got to get a degree, you've got to be a doctor, you've got to be a lawyer, you got to be whatever you want to be. What about what I want to be? Too bad. We want you to be this. Right. right. Then you get the part where, hey, I've gone to uni, I've got a degree. And you know what? I don't want to do what I got the degree in. Mm. What am I going to do? Pay off your debt and do something else. Pay off your debt and do something else, but you know, then what? (laughs) So let's go right back to where before you even get anywhere. And what you're doing is saying, what do you think you want to be? Correct. When you grow up. Absolutely. And in which case, maybe we can get you early and then you might find out you don't want to do it anyway.
2: That is, that is the exact plan, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell us how it goes about, how does it work? So uh, first I uh, developed the uh, system for businesses and then went and brought it to um, City High School. So I taught last semester and that's how I was able to uh, prove that high school students were able to actually um, understand the information and go off and actually uh, build a business with it. Uh, so taking it out of the high school so I don't have to do with the uh mm. the high school um having it so that the student understands two things first you have a lot of support there's a huge network i have a personal network of just hundreds of business owners who i can talk to they, they'll have that network and they'll learn how to network themselves at the same time it's uh, starting a business which is extremely difficult and lonely and a lot of the courses you have um four hours a week six hours a week with the mentor the rest of it is up to you
1: Hmm. So the idea being that it would provide them early real work experience in the field that they're studying so that they could decide early really on whether or not that particular career is for them. I mean, you would want these students to provide value though to the organizations that they're working with, right? Correct. Correct. Okay, yes. so, do you, how do you instill that into them before they get out there?
2: You know, that's a great question. What I found is that uh, percentage-wise, we're looking at 10 to 15 of all demographics are actually high performers. So um, with teenagers, 40-year-olds, and people who own businesses, um, people drop out. People quit and people stop. So um, the goal is to uh, identify those high performers and those are the high performers that we wanna then connect with the uh, businesses. So you prove that you're a high performer mm. and then we connect you to businesses so that you're not there for three days and then you quit leaving them. business uh, out on their own. So what ages are we talking? Um, So ideally 14 to 26. um, People say um, over uh, 21 or 22 isn't youth, but the reality is if I'm 18 year old, you know, things happen in life and they Mm -hmm. decide to take a year, two years, three years off, they might complete college um, at 26 or maybe 27 or maybe even 30. Um, Excuse me. So just because they're old doesn't mean they have actual experience to be able to go out and uh, thrive in the world and we see that um with uh 40, 000, uh disengaged youth in tucson so they're not working mm. and they're not in school um so where are they and who's targeting them so that's really who we're looking to go um connect with and give them skills because we know they don't have it that's why they're not working
1: now we're talking about um square one intern uh correct
2: well, well, now we're talking about both of them, but kind of just. Uh, okay, because
1: I don't want our listeners to get confused here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Explain the two and why there's even two.
2: All right, great question. Uh, so, Square One Intern was Mariana's uh, idea. I had a huge network, so we come together to connect uh, business owners with um, uh, with the youth. Uh, with Circle One, because I'm an entrepreneur and I have that skill, I wanted to just teach uh, individuals how to go off and just be business owners. So, although they have skills that are going to soft skills mainly that they can use inside of a business which businesses are um, really missing, they can use those soft skills and go into a business and uh, provide value or they can start their own business. With Circle One, um, it's a lot more stringent where we're gonna teach you exactly what to do and you're gonna follow this exact methodology uh, inside the business. So one is for profit, and that's how I get money in my pocket, and the other is just training youth so that they can either be an entrepreneur or uh, go off and work with
1: Wonderful businesses. really, but uh, at the end of the day, you do have to get money in- your pocket you've got to survive too yep you gotta live yeah you're absolutely. an entrepreneur you're not supposed to earn money you know that no oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no i do not know that
1: <laughs> is um well really i want to ask you are there any particular organizations that you're targeting specifically
2: yeah so I just recently um, became a member of the uh, board of Edge High School they're an alternative high school and then working with a um, city high uh, I've worked with them last semester I'll be working with them in September and I'm also building a curriculum with a uh, seat spot they're a um, incubator that just focuses on youth and social entrepreneurship so um, that's where we're gonna start to continue to prove the model
1: where does Tucson stand overall with our youth Are we in a bad place?
2: I believe so, yes, um, but not in certain areas. So um, I believe the there are multiple, uh, like San Miguel High School, for example, extremely high-performing students. All of their students are high-performing. They have great internships. They get into schools early. Um, schools like that um, work extremely well. Um, the amphitheater school district has the REACH program. That is um, the gifted and talented program for top 3% of the schools. So actually one of our interns come from there. So those are high-performing students, and they get opportunities um, that the average student Doesn't, but then, and when you look at um, the pipeline to college, that's done extremely well to get from high school to college to a doctor, a lawyer, if that's what they want to do. So I believe those are going really well. What's not going well are the sixty to eighty percent of the students who um, are going to go to college and um, not like what they do, who don't go to college and don't want to go Mm -hmm. to a trade school. uh, Yeah, trade school, and then the twenty-five percent of youth who are um, in poverty here in Tucson as well who have to deal with um a much m- issues outside of just making money, family issues, drug addiction. Uh, their parents um, are not in a position to uh, help them or are just um, actually negative influences on them. And um, in Edge uh, High School, 10% of the students are actually homeless. Um, we also work with um, some youth from youth on their own, and a lot of them are homeless or in foster care, and they're just, there's just so many things outside of school that they have to deal with, which makes it so that they can't actually focus on getting those skills and pulling themselves out of poverty.
1: It sounds like an enormous amount of work you have on your hands.
2: Oh, it How is. many staff? How many? What's the team? Uh, that's a great question. So um, through and I'll try to make this short. I guess I guess in short, roughly 15 people are working with me um, on the board of my company and on the board of uh, the nonprofit. I'm working with Brittany Battle, who um, is actually the daughter or the granddaughter of the uh, Tucson's longest serving mayor. So I got connected with her, and she's super passionate. Um, so working with her, my mentor is a venture capitalist, successful business owner. So working with him, and then for Square One Intern, I'm. Um, our primary uh, advisor is Mike Peel, uh, former executive director of Local First Arizona. Now he's their su- sustainability um, director. So um, we have some very uh, skilled and high-level mm-hmm. people who love the idea and you know are backing us.
1: It helps with um, an organization like yours uh, to be able to have people like that on the board uh, who have been there, done it. Yeah and understand and put it through. You're listening to Tucson Means Business, and we're going to take a short break. We're proudly sponsored by the 49ers, and I'd like you to hear this message. We'll be right back. Always an interesting show with the 49ers Golf and Country Club sponsoring this Tucson Means Business. That we're very grateful for. And, you know, it'd be nice for you to meet somebody by the name of Mackenzie, I call her Macca. (laughs) Mackenzie Taylor is her name. Hi there, Macca.
3: Hi, Hi, great to see you.
1: (laughs) Mackenzie Taylor is the executive chef of the 49ers. And she is also the food and beverage manager, correct?
3: That's correct, yes. You're a
1: busy little girl, aren't you? (laughs)
3: Lots and lots to do.
1: What's your background? How on earth did you get into food?
3: Well, I fell in love with food when I was actually pregnant with my daughter 13 and a half years ago and was watching Martha Stewart a lot. And I decided I really wanted to learn how to cook just like she did. And so I just got a passion for cooking and baking and, um, Entertaining. And so when I came to Tucson 12 years ago, I enrolled at Pima Community College through their culinary school program mm-hmm. and spent two and a half years in that program. Met some amazing local chefs, uh, had the opportunity to start working for a catering company in town. Uh, worked with them for many years, worked at a couple restaurants downtown, and just really expanded my horizons. Uh, when I Got the opportunity to be the executive chef at Pantano Christian Church uh, on the east side. That was amazing. We got to feed so many people and it was such a community driven atmosphere. It was amazing.
1: I think it was in the vicinity of some 2,000 or something, wasn't it?
3: Yes, we have a lot, a lot of um, wonderful members who come weekly and who uh, join us for breakfast and lunch.
1: That's a lot of cooking, isn't it? (laughs) It was a lot of cooking.
3: It was a lot of cooking, but it truly prepared me for what we're doing now too at the country club. There you
1: go. Now, this um, wonderful training that you got at Pantano. What was that? Two years, did you say?
3: Yeah, it was just over two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an amazing culinary program that's local here in town. Uh, it's all local chefs who are the instructors. Right. So you learn everything from hot foods to gar manger to baking to pastry. It's but amazing. Works.
1: The works. You took to it like a duck takes to water.
3: Exactly, or orange say. sauce.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and because it's um, it's evident in your in your food. I mean, uh, people at the Ring Kong Grill, which is at the Forty ers Golf and Country Club, who proudly sponsor Tucson Means Business, uh, they're raving about uh, all your wonderful changes and things that you've done. Um, so I think you learnt with a passion, and I think it's part of you. It's just who you are, yes?
3: Thank you, yes, yeah. The passion definitely radiates. I always say if you don't have passion in the kitchen, uh, get out, because it is too hot and crazy in there if you're not doing what you love.
1: Exactly. And although you know you're regarded as back of house because as executive chef, you're teaching and training and also overseeing, the other uh, chefs and other people in what we call the kitchen area, and so on. But you're also front of house, aren't you, with your other role?
3: Yes. So I've had such an interest in banquets and, and people. I love people. I always say they can't keep me back in the kitchen. I've got to come out to the floor, see the dining room, talk to people, touch tables, just check on everything. I really want to make sure that the quality of the service and the food that you're getting when you come into the 49er Country Club is just overall 100%. Um, it's really been amazing to be able to uh, work with the front of house team, which I call the hospitality team. So our hospitality team and our culinary team um, really have the same direction, the same vision for where we're Going. And I think that's really exciting to see.
1: It is. It's, and you are leading the fray. There's no doubt about that. And when we talk about, you know, uh, there's fine dining and, and then there's just, you know, finger foods, right? And just bar foods. <laughs> it's interesting that the Ring Kong Grill is neither.
3: Right, but it's it's all—it's everything, exactly. We want you to have amazing bar food. We want you to have a nice cold beer after a hot game of golf out there, and feel comfortable ordering soft pretzels and wings. Uh, But we also want to really give you a variety on our dinner menu as well of you know beautiful mahi mahi and salmon and chicken piccata, and of course it wouldn't be a country club without a perfect club sandwich. So (laughs) we definitely have those offerings as well.
1: Mackenzie Taylor. Executive chef extraordinaire of the Ring Kong Grill. When you do go there, ask for her. She'd love to meet you. We'll talk more with her later on. One of my guests today is Casey Polivchak. He uh, is the golf man. We call him the man of the club. He, he's telling us all about the wonderful 49ers because this is history. It employs people. The club was nearly broke. Uh, the place was ripped apart just about. It was a mess. The fairways had grown long grass, and there was talk. got very close. There was talk of real estate developers who were going to put more houses down every fairway. And what a shame that would have been of history. Um, oh, my God. You know, you're east of Tucson. With a beautiful ex championship course that had been let ruin, and uh, this particular owners of it had taken money and pfft, they're gone. I think if they ever get back to town, they will be hung. There's no doubt about it. The reality is, Casey went through the beginning, saw it all, and is now, it's a beautiful place now. And thanks to the new
0: owner. Tell us a little about him, Casey. Um, excuse me, sorry. Um, he lo- owned a large industrial construction company based out of Colorado. They were doing work all over the world, really, um, you know, infrastructure, um, you, you know, name gas exploration, marine yep. repair, just like wow. things mm-hmm. that are, like, you know, power plants, big stuff big stuff big development company and but based it, out of colorado springs based out of colorado out of mm-hmm. denver actually i think is where denver, it, but, right. and then uh, steamboats
1: and then this there. is uh the infamous ron mckenzie ron mckenzie yeah. okay yeah. Now what on earth would make him want to take up or buy a golf course
0: well he kind of he didn't really want to per <laughs> se but you know he was very successful in what he had done yes and, a successful and businessman him and i guess some partners um you know they had sold their business and he had been a member of the club they spent part of the year in steamboat springs part of the year um, here in tucson here in so they tucson. had a home here right. he was a member of the golf course and when the course was going through its tough times there was a, a a committee or a group of uh guys businessmen that tried to buy it or tried to get together to buy it and not that they didn't have the funds but you know when you get a lot of powerful men in the same room they all have different ideas and hmm. so he just went ahead and bought it on his own
1: yeah, and maybe it was a better deal because they could have been they were the wrong people, maybe, maybe if maybe. they were, if they were just money oriented maybe or could be. Yeah. You just never know in things like that. So so the gentleman bought it. Now the course is two lakes. Uh that come into play. It's bordered it on the south uh By the Tagovirti Wash, I think you said. Yep. Um, For golfers, it's 6,669 yards. It's an 18-hole past 72. Uh, There are four tee positions on every hole, ensuring uh, playability, satisfaction, and challenge for every level of golfer. Now, the winding fairways and majestic mountain views surprise golfers at every turn. Jermaine, we get a lot of visitors to Tucson. We call them snowbirds.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) From New Jersey.
1: Uh, From New Jersey. Actually, mostly they go to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we're grateful that they come and share and we have a lot of them we meet at the club as you've gathered i'm a member by now mm. and they're lovely people and they come every year and they enjoy what they are and so on and they want everything because they're used to it you know mm. <laughs> we've got a full service restaurant there correct at the 49ers casey yeah it's, it's called been... the Rincón mountain grill mm-hmm. nice interesting name was that always the name or did wrong it was the the Rincón grill the Rincón grill yeah okay and it's, a mountain grill. Um, it's been through interesting stuff mm-hmm. over a period of time while building I think the current executive chef is uh, a young lady by the name of uh, Mackenzie. No relation, right? No no relation. No relation. Mackenzie Mackenzie is her
0: first
2: name.
1: Yes, it's Mackenzie is her first name. Mackenzie Taylor, right? Mackenzie Taylor. Mackenzie Taylor. She's a marvel. Jermaine, when was the last time you went out there?
2: I've never been. been We're
1: going to fix that up, I'm yeah, telling you, because you've got to get some of the boys out there and girls right. out there. They would love the food.
2: That is a great you idea. Got a
1: good yeah. room for board meetings, too. So. Yeah, great, great room for board meetings. In fact, I wanted to cover that. The Place C is not just a golf course. It's more of a family resort, mm-hmm. quite frankly, because you've got a situation where you've got um, uh, people who have kids, so they want to go and swim, uh oh man some of the events that i see are amazing umbrellas are up during the summer there's children laughing and uh there's tents up i mean casey talk tell me i mean it's it's like a circus
0: <laughs> there, there's times when it is like a circus it, it, you know sometimes good usually good sometimes bad we get <laughs> we get a little bit busy when you try to get too many things going on at once but uh like mark said we've got a, a swimming pool my kids are on the swim team year round <laughs> i mean January in Tucson, Tuesday afternoon, 72 degrees. I got my kids. I'm getting them out of the pool. We got some friends coming to visit from Canada, and I sent him a screenshot of my current weather conditions, and so he booked his tickets that day for a March visit. But um, the, the we have a fitness center now um, with wonderful uh, group fitness classes. Lisa DeFalco is the director of the fitness center. She's our ideas generator. She's just a very creative lady as well. Um, you know the owners touched every part of the the property. He's uh, expanded the the kitchen, um, the restaurant seating indoors, outdoors. We've got an outdoor pavilion, uh, like I mentioned, I had some private uh, dining rooms that we can use. Um, we got a double decker pizza oven. I love me some pizza. Let's mm. um, so, popular everywhere. Yes, yes. yes. You uh, can't go wrong with that. Yeah. So that was one of the first things we did, but. Um, yeah, it's just been really a neat thing to be a part of. I know that sounds kind of Well, no, you've, cheesy, you've been but... part of the growth. You've been how mm. many years there now? Um, just over seven. Seven yeah. years? Yeah. And,
1: and you know what else I like, too, there, Jermaine? They've, um, they've adapted some of the rooms and changed them all around. I remember when I very first joined, the very front room was a gym room overlooking the mountains. It was beautiful. Mm. But that is now one of the dining areas, which is lovely, called the Catalina Room. Well, now you can host events and fundraising events for people in Tucson. People have uh, weddings and bar mitzvahs and you name it. And we've got another room, I think. What's it called again, Case, down underneath there? The Rincon Room. The little Rincon Room. They really fixed all that up, made it beautiful. What I've seen there walking past some days is the ladies doing a shower. You know, for the having babies and baby baby showers uh, and uh, all that. Wedding showers. Yeah, wedding showers. I mean, there's everything you can possibly do out there. So it's very much a family-oriented club. And I think with golf the way that it's going, Casey, all around the world, I think this is ahead of its time in some ways, the 49ers, because you've got to have more germane than golf is what it's boiling down to. Why is golf getting so difficult, Casey?
0: Um, To be profitable? To be a profitable business multiple reasons obviously but the main one is time people's time is being taken away from them for a variety of reasons you know the, the world's a the different world we live in today we're all you know sucked to our phones more often than we should be here i am i've got my phone open <laughs> just for notes though but you know people's time is more precious well, to, it is. they're to, like computers we can't live without them can we the mm-hmm. dynamic of the working family has mm-hmm. changed um so we're taking what was the country club lifestyle where it's evolved um, it's got to appeal to everybody. So that's where we've got your fitness. We've got things for the kids. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we always have the golf course, but you know golf, the amount of golfers has taken a big dip in the last ten years there's uh, so so in the old days, it was lullyed out, right? For, you know, you could play golf, whether you were poor
1: or middle, it didn't matter. But mm. what I'm getting at is to be a country club member, to be, you know, that echelon and be paying serious yearly membership and then serious yearly and monthly dues and all this jazz. I mean, I could never afford it. Right. Mm. But I loved the game. Sure. Ever since I first played it, you know. And the beautiful thing about the 49ers is
0: it's like a country club, but it's not. But it's also open to the public. Right? Very much open to the public. We, so it's the best of both worlds we, we pride ourselves in in making the members feel like it is private at times you know treating them you know that in that way but we don't have enough membership to you know make ends meet at the end of the day so you gotta you gotta appeal to the non-member and that's where mm-hmm. we, we have a lot of corporate and uh charity golf tournaments um you know, we just we just have a lot of fun revenue streams. We've got goat yoga. <laughs> yeah, goat. Oh, certain times yeah, of the heard year. Of that. Of that one. You've nice. done that half. Yeah, <laughs> not yet. Uh, no. <laughs> when it
2: comes to the club. We can I didn't do believe that. it when <laughs> I first heard it.
0: Goat. Um, that. We do uh, an annual fireworks, you know, uh, party for the the club celebrating, you know, Independence Day. For um, not usually on Fourth of July, but yeah, it's like I said, going back to the first conversation we had. It's just been a neat thing to be a part of, and. Um, it's evolved as we've uh, gone on, and um, yeah, it's, just, it's been great.
1: Well, every time I turn around, there's another company in there doing their own fun tournament. You know, it's good, Jermaine, to have that uh, comradeship, or however you pronounce it here, but get-togethers, <laughs> girls right. too, the wives too. Um, you know, because I think what I've read, I read something in a magazine about, uh, about a month ago. It was in a golf magazine. It was a story based on what's happened to golf. It's not so much that it's too expensive, it's Casey touched on it. The The decades have changed, the demographics have changed in the age groups. The older people who are passing on and retiring, uh, the youth isn't coming through, per se, mm. of the middle aged guy or the, or the young fellow at 2021. 20, he's got kids or he's got a baby. Mm. And the wife won't let him have four and a half hours anymore on <laughs> <a> Saturday. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and true. if he's lucky, mm-hmm. 15 minutes in, in the 19th hole. Wow. So I think that's a
0: lot to do with it. Too, Big time. So. You know that's why we've got to give everybody something to do you know even you know the neighborhood itself has changed it's gone through a regeneration and what we've seen is you know this is macabre to say but it's the older neighborhood has died off and now it's a new regeneration younger families moving in and so we're we've got to appeal to that and we've also our golfers we got to keep them golfing so the age of the golfers getting older so we've you know, we're making new tee combinations to make the golf course a little shorter, mm. um, trying to be creative use of, of, you know, what we already have in place without having to redesign the wheel. Right. It's,
1: interesting to find out amongst all your lot, Jermaine, who's, who <laughs> wants a career in golf.
0: Yeah, I mean... I, I, I mean, would,
1: you do see these ads on television,
2: you know? Absolutely. I mean, exposure is what we're about. That's the goal. And this is something that I've never thought to expose the, this, the youth to, a place here in Tucson that we can go and uh, have them experience it. So I'm I'm getting very excited yeah. uh, listening to this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> some young men. Love to have them out. <laughs> That's good. Now, what are some of the goals, Jermaine, that you have for square one intern?
2: Great question. So what we're looking to do uh, this year is um, train 11 professionals and we have um, the goal is 104 nonprofits uh, this year that we're that we have a part of our network. And then ultimately, what we want to do is have a network of businesses and a network of um, uh, nonprofits, so that any student that comes in, whether you want to be in architecture, whether you, if you want to be uh, design golf courses, we have people who you can talk to who have been in that um, area. So uh, the goal is for me to expand my own mind and my awareness of uh, about what's out there, and then have um, every single year we're growing from 100 to. 50 500 to 1,000 uh, kids who are being exposed to things that they otherwise wouldn't be exposed to.
1: Does that include truck driving? Absolutely. Yep.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and the way it truck, really, um, and that brings me to the technology Well, the yeah, because
1: what happens now, they're all driving on their own jazz. I mean, I never thought I'd <laughs> say that when I was a kid. You know, I still don't trust it. I hate driving on the freeway when, when someone's driving them anyway, but, uh, but apparently it's very safe.
2: Yes, and it's only it's going to get safer, um, so it creates new industry. It takes jobs away and creates um, new jobs, which are software developers, programs, the people who can design. You still need machinists. You still need people who um, can design the metal that's going to be um, the ideal Truck, so um, we're looking to expose the students to technology early so that it doesn't matter what industry you want to go in. If you're interested in um, trucking, mm-hmm. you can be a programmer.
1: So, in our day, it was engineering. If you had a degree in engineering, basically, I mean, there's electrical engineering, there's all sorts of, you know, various verticals mm-hmm. in engineering, but you were diversified enough and trained enough to be able to do that. Um, what about the military these days are they doing the same thing we've got a hell of a shortage in hands-on there's too many brains running around who don't in australia i'll give you an example there are more lawyers walking the streets who can't get jobs than anything else Mm. right now they've just done a four-year hard study degree and extra and extra doctors we can't get hold of to go in the bush right Mm -hmm. and nurses and places like that in country towns right Uh, yet they're paying the best money that they can So these, what we call the blues, you know, that we normally were pushed into university for, we have found, you know, that you've got to have the trades. Mm. You've got to be a sparky and a chippy and, and still need all these things, a plumber.
2: Right, the, what has to happen is the conversation. Uh, colleges have been done very well at marketing themselves. And so the conversation when it comes to success has been 90 to 95% go to school and get a job. That's that's the conversation. When the reality is uh, over 50% of uh, people never even go to college. So having the conversation be here's college and also here are trade schools and also here's the arts and also here's entrepreneurship mm-hmm. all on the same playing field, then you give um, youth the opportunity to now move into something that maybe they're they're. Better fit for rather than what the commercial says they should do
1: because as an old age you know you're supposed to be happy at what you do that's a luxury 100%. you go to work to earn a quid a dollar to survive mm. to pay the bills to pay the mortgage to get married to have children all this jazz pretty sick we were brought up on in the case eh? when you think about it now you're talking about I'll go do what I'd like to do mm. nice and free you know do you think there's too much emphasis placed on entrepreneurship though
2: I don't think there's enough emphasis placed on it because um, entrepreneurship, when I teach my students, I say this isn't about you just starting a business. It's about you understanding that it's about you finding a skill that you enjoy and monetizing that skill. So whether it's starting a business, which isn't for everyone, it's not for 90% of people, um, or it's taking that skill and going to find the right employer that you love, you love the people that you work with, you Mm -hmm. love the environment you work in, and you love the skill that you're doing.
1: Well, that's interesting, Casey. It's not for 90%. To be an entrepreneur. Oh yeah. And yet fifty seven percent only go to college in the country. Right. So there's a cross mix there somewhere. What I'm trying to get is why do you think only ten percent would want to go through what you gotta go through? That's what I meant before with the question mm. really, but I didn't quite enhance it. Do you think when I say it's overdone, it's made to be more glamorous today?
2: Oh, yes. It's
1: sold too much I agree. about I agree. being an entrepreneur. Mm.
2: Yes, um, it's, it's not, uh, 90% of my day is not fun. of my weeks were not fun. My last three years have not been a whole bunch of fun and joy, it's been a lot of um, things that you do by yourself. A lot of, 80% of the time, I'm just by myself. Um, Mm. I have a team uh, and sometimes it's just annoying to have to update them on what I have to do,
0: (laughs)
1: let alone do the thing. God, Uh, you're lucky. (laughs) I'm truly by myself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, I I enjoy it. I I do enjoy (laughs) it and appreciate it. But yeah, I do agree with you on that front. No, entrepreneurship is very difficult, which is why my courses are difficult too. Right, right.
1: And, and, you know, do you do strengthening with your arms so that when the, the opportunity time does come along, you're allowed to pat yourself on the back for a job well done, you know?
2: Oh, I should start doing that. <laughs> yeah, Whenever that time comes along, I should be prepared for it. <laughs> uh, Casey,
1: what about you? You know, I mean, you've been in the game of this particular game a long time. You were in other cl- clubs before the 49ers. What's more of your, uh, when you were young and stuff, I mean, what did you want to be, fireman or a policeman? Uh, fireman there you go <laughs> you Not know, my mm. son's so, so after that yeah
0: all right i don't know you know it's kind of funny they haven't thought about it in a long time but you know college wasn't for me i tried it out um and that just i was done um
1: what, what didn't you like school.
0: about college other than the study and the pressure i don't know i was i was doing other things at the time you were a fun type guy yeah okay i got into customer service i got a job at a golf course right out of high school and i honestly in my head i was like oh i could do this the rest of my life now, I kind of look back, obviously, as we all do from time to time, and decisions made were some good, some bad, but maybe I wish I would've followed a degree and then still been involved with golf, but I don't know. I look back and I don't think that I would've gotten anywhere differently. Uh, I'm a man of faith, so I feel like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. where I'm supposed to be. That's good. Um, and obviously, you know, based on, on the decisions made in the past, but um, yeah, I, I I wanted to be a head professional at a golf course a head professional yeah. by, the, by the time i was 35 and i accomplished that goal you did right but now i hear now, you I play know. i hear yeah. you
1: play a pretty mean stick i mean uh i can play i just don't right now were you self-taught you know? um
0: for the most part yeah
1: Wow. See, he's a natural jermaine wow natural meant it's to do the darn
0: thing it's all about putting
1: it's all about putting mm-hmm. right. oh, you have a diversified role in your position though casey i mean membership tournament growth revenue management uh, marketing big key uh, overall customer service satisfaction I mean if I was to ask you which
0: one do you like best could you put a finger on it yeah number one customer service yeah. satisfaction people. I yeah that's it that's that's my god-given talent is uh, is my people skills um, you know I am the role I'm in I get to be I get to make everybody happy I don't have to say no to people for the most part
1: mm-hmm. um, but but isn't isn't is not you get a lot of complaints or, or whining or we do do you get do you get that in your in your role absolutely too?
0: absolutely and um, you know I'm I'm a very empath- empathetic person and so I feel like you know just listening to people sometimes they just want to bend your ear and that makes people feel better as if they have a complaint they just want to be hurt not mm-hmm. that I can fix it not that I can do anything about it but I care and I, I I'm sorry that you feel that way about your this or that right yeah. right but you know. A lot of times, like I said, people just want to tell you about it. And, and I certainly will try to do my best to make it better, make sure it doesn't happen again. But, um, you know, so having, do you think having a faith makes you a better man? Oh, 100, yeah, 100%, 100%. From all
1: accounts, you do play a mean stick of golf. You enjoy playing golf. But raising the family is really your most important thing right now in your life.
0: Right now, that's number one. You know, um, That will lead to more time out of the golf course with my kids, you know, in the future, but for right now, are you, you know, hoping they take it up? Oh yeah, absolutely. Two, absolutely. Uh one boy and two girls. Yep. My son's really into it. He loves it, but yeah. he's into anything right now. God I love him. Old you know, 6. He's 6. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you know, he's got an outfit uh, for every day. Right. You know, right. we'll go <laughs> for every day <laughs> he's a fireman one day uh, uh, uh a policeman one day God, uh, construction I mean, worker he's one living life. and what really about is. the girls um our daughter lucy's really into swimming and she's into our the, the worship team at our church she's really involved in church. Right. do you think she's she got what? a future in swimming um possibly she's yeah. tall and lanky unlike me mm-hmm. um uh, well, she might be in the olympics so, one day who knows yeah, no, yeah. she's if it's all about work ethic right and oh, yeah. uh, we're trying to instill that on our children and and um you know uh she always wants to be at practice she never wants to miss so or never wants to be late she definitely didn't get that from me either <laughs> i got that from mom but um, so she's showing those uh, skills needed to maybe excel in something
1: well casey Whatever and amber they um you're loving my Amber. you help with the youth group at the church and they enjoy home projects including gardening raising dogs and chickens <laughs> Mm -hmm. And, of course, swimming and playing with the kids. I guess it's, you know, you're labelled, Casey, it's called being a good family man. Mm, Thanks, yeah. But it's interesting, you know, the both of you, two different careers, but both youth-oriented, right? Now, was your youth good, Jermaine?
2: Uh, very. So one of the um, benefits I had growing up was having both sides of my family being super supportive of everything that I did. Mm. So although they um, pushed me to school, job, school, job, I'm like, no, I wanna start a business, I wanna do this, so I actually had to appease them and go to college. Um, I went to community college, that's how we, <laughs> then I wound up not really uh, going to class. I went to my business class, my math class, and I had like a <laughs> 1.2 GPA. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very lucky that both sides of my family, I'm just blessed to have both uh, just my, my grandmother my mother was um, pretty much an entrepreneur. She came over here from Jamaica and uh, helped a lot of uh, people get uh, thousands of people come over, get their uh, citizenship. She oh. bought multiple houses, um, got jobs, started businesses, and uh, so see, that's, where that's the American that dream. From. Yeah, yeah, she that's did it.
1: Truly, the American dream, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, but she got off of what do you said and went to work. She yes, did it. Action. You know, action speaks all, doesn't it? Absolutely. No handouts. You know, mm. that's the thing. Well, yeah. you know. Um, if I was listening now and I wanted to understand more about everything you're doing, Jermaine, you please give me all your websites, Facebook, and all that jazz. Can you rattle
2: that off for me? Absolutely. You can go to squareoneintern.com, dot Facebook Square One Intern, Instagram Square One Intern, Twitter Square One Intern, and you can hit me up J A M A I N Jermaine at squareoneintern.com. Hmm.
1: Jermaine at squareoneintern.com. You're doing a terrific job, mate. For the youth of this city, keep it up. If I can help you in any way, you just yell out. um, Maybe some some communication skills with them. You know, maybe some uh, presentation skills, learning early. I was speaking to a a very high person in the education field the other day, as a matter of fact. And he said, Mark, you want to know something? I've got guys with brains coming out of their ears and um, very highly qualified degrees, this and that. But I shiver every time I send them out to have an interview with somebody. Hmm. They can't talk, mm-hmm. they can't present, and they need that confidence and support. So that's a big thing. Whereas Casey, look, I mean, look at him; he's just never thinking to worry about in the world, <laughs> do you, mate?
0: <laughs> you know, when when you're on with Mark, I was telling the guys before I came over to work today. I said, you know, you're going to you get people get in front of a microphone, you get nervous. But I said, Mark is the ultimate professional. When when you're in with him, he just does such a good job and makes you feel comfortable and. I mean, talk about professional interviewer. I mean, it's really, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to pat you on the back. No, part. thank it's, you. It's very you kind of really you. It's, thank it's, you, guys. I'm not just saying that because I'm Well, here. you know, I'm,
1: I'm privileged and uh, I thank the Lord I can do what I do. I mean, I had 40 years in Australia of radio and television. And uh, you get older, we all get older. And just because you retire, and if you still got a passion and a love, you shouldn't be locked away in a box, mm-hmm. you know, to where you can't do anything anymore. And I do this to where I help small businesses in town, small to medium businesses and people we have lots of non-profits get promoted as well and I'm trying to expand you know here for the Tucson uh, branch of the network we're growing across America now in fact we're the fastest growing business network uh, across America fantastic and we've got some exciting things coming but of course people today you know it's not like the old days they don't want radio anymore they don't want TV anymore Uh, they listen to Sirius at the most Uh, we're podcasting podcasting is about listening later it's about listening when you can listen mm-hmm. at your given time and it's interesting because people you know men listen women listen 135 million americans uh, listen to podcasting now doing weird things i mean they're driving home or driving to work the woman's cooking dinner uh, when i say that i don't mean to be sexist but what i mean is Ladies tend and girls and women tend to listen to podcasting at different times that men do, Mm -hmm, you know, because they seem to be, whether you're gardening, whether you're mowing the lawns, you can put earplugs in, walking around the block, exercising, right? Absolutely. And people say to me, yeah, you know, uh, it's great, but don't people want video? Well, when you get 400,000, you know, YouTube videos a month put up on their channel, you'd be like a bit of a needle in the haystack. Mm -hmm. And people have to stop what they're doing to watch video whereas with uh, audio it's always there it's in the background but yeah I appreciate that and uh, and the more we can do and I feel part of the community it's where I live my wife is from Tucson mm. and uh, Rincon rat whatever it was called and then the U of A so mm. and I've noticed that too Jermaine you're not from here though but it's a very much a town where guys and gals grew up together mm. they went to school together everybody knows everybody you know, six degrees of separation. Boy, this is like one degree. It's two degrees. Two right? degrees, yeah. yeah. They all go away, mm. they do corporate positions, corporate jobs, maybe overseas. But the mountains bring them back. Because mm. there's magic in them mountains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mountains and the <laughs> monsoons,
2: yeah. Yep. I don't know how many people I've met who who have um, left and come back. They've yeah. said- they, All the they, time. Felt the they felt the drought. Yeah.
1: But fair. I've noticed the difference, Casey, you would have too, the weather. I can remember years mm-hmm. ago when I was yep. first here, 16 years ago, a little bit longer. Every afternoon, my wife and I would sit on the balcony at 3.30. We knew, crack, Then it starts to rain in the monsoon. It's not like that anymore. It's it's just not as predictable as it Mm. used to be, you know? So there we go. Well, I'll blame everybody for that. Blame the politicians. Yeah. <laughs> blame everybody. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Jermaine T. Miller, yes. uh, Square One, wonderful job you're doing for the kids. Keep it up. Thank I'll you so much. send you the link and I will send you the photographs from today. Right I want you to expand those as much as you can and get the word out there. And let's see if we can get some big support for your company, okay?
2: We'll do, and I'll send you some guests. Yes, we'll,
1: we'll work that out together. I'm a of my word, no problems. And mm-hmm. Casey I've like, but no middle T or anything. Do you have a middle name? Do Joseph. I Joseph. Oh, St. Joseph. Lovely. Strong Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Um... Casey Joseph jack He's director of golf overall at the infamous 49ers Golf and Country Club. And if you've never been out there, it's a straight drive. It's 25 minutes, really. Straight out along Tancaverde Road. Go past the school, Emily Gray School, on the right hand side. You're going to see a nice fence. You can see through the fence at the 10th uh, green. And then you keep on going. You'll see the beautiful big double gates. You turn right. And as you go in, you're going to face the Rincon Mountain Grill. And even if you just go and have a bite, and make sure you ask for, for Mackenzie, the executive chef. She loves to meet people and come out and have a chat. And then if you ask for Casey, he'll walk you around the property and show you what's going on, okay? So thank you for your uh, company today. I hope you enjoyed this Tucson Means Business because these guys mean business and they do a lot for Tucson. I'll see you soon.